The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! Mickey is wondering, why in the world are we playing the fight song on a, what day is today? Wednesday. Well, it's our last show of the week. We're going to win the bye this week. That's what we're going to do. I thought it was for the Rangers. <laughs> well, that too. This is Mick Shots, and it is a special edition of Mick Shots, of course, because we've got the great Christy Scales joining us for the next 45 minutes here on Mick Shots. Hello, Christy. Oh, I'm glad to be. Thank you to Everson Walls for letting me sit in his uh, seat this time. You know, Everson and I actually went to the same junior high. I did not know Not the same that. years, but yeah, we in grew Hamilton up Park? near each other. Uh, I went to, we both went to Forest Meadow Junior High, and then okay. he ended up going to Berkner, and I went to Lake Highlands. I think his family had yeah. moved that, but yes. And we've also have uh, combined 57 career interceptions in our NFL career. That's careers, right. So. <laughs> so you have that in common, too. <laughs> this is a mixed show, right? Did you mixed, preface that? A, a mixed a mixed, a mixed, 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 mix shot. A mixed, that's, mix shot. That's right. Yeah. And, and Monday as well. So uh-huh. you're going to have to put up with me one more time. But appreciate being with you guys. No, it's great. It's great. And uh, we we just play that stampede, the old Cowboys mm-hmm. fight song on uh, on Fridays, and a fabulous football fight song Friday, and, and then on four Mondays times after on Mondays. a <laughs> after a win. So we play. Yeah, we played it four times on Mondays. Yeah, and or when, Tuesdays. And when do you play the Charlie Pride? Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Need to get that, that one going. Yeah, let's incorporate that into the arsenal there. Mickey, what do you think? I don't know. We're not big on change in this show. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, Mickey was in a sour mood all last week. Because of San Francisco, you yes. didn't. You were you not feeling great about the matchups going into Los no, Angeles, or what was, was it? No, nothing to uh, celebrate uh-huh. uh, after that game. He was reflecting the mood of the building, I think, last week. So after, after the first two drives Monday night, and so the Cowboys quick out on uh-huh. offense, and then the Chargers drive down. Are you thinking? Oh no! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But things changed. And then yesterday, Christy, he was back in that Mickey mood of last week because we spent a whole segment, I think, talking about the punt play. Don't, we're, we're not talking about it today. Not, let's yeah. not do that. <laughs> we're not talking about it today. Well, let's start things off by getting Christie's take. What do you say on where this team stands at the bye? I just taped the Mike McCarthy show moments ago, and uh, well, we need to get your take. Yeah, well, you, you yeah. got the. Did, did he use the roller coaster analogy that he used <laughs> in his Tuesday afternoon press conference, talking about the highs and lows of a season, and it's a roller coaster ride? And he said, "Roller coaster rides are fun," and I'm thinking. And myself, I love roller coaster rides, but they also make me a little nauseous as well. Uh-huh, that's right. So, what what did Mike have to say? Well, and uh, along those lines, um, you know, the importance of that win over the Chargers cannot be understated. You know, um, because 
Um, you go to the bye and with a three and three, especially with the opportunity that was presented this team by the Eagles losing to the Jets. I mean, you go into Sunday uh, play and there was a chance the Cowboys were going to be three games out of first place. Mm -hmm. And they come out of the game on Monday night and they're one game out. And by the time they get back to work on next Monday, they could be a half game out of first place because the Dolphins play the Eagles on Sunday night. But he's in good spirits in some ways, especially the early part of this week is just as busy as a regular week because you're on a different type schedule and there's things you're trying to get done early in the week uh, so that you can take a few days off to go watch your daughter play volleyball or uh, one of his daughters, the ninth grader, it's homecoming this week oh, my at goodness. Uh, Prestonwood. Uh, Christian Academy yeah. and so he's got homecoming festivities that start with a parade on Wednesday and he's going to try to play dad and be able to be out there uh, I told him Grand Marshal or what yeah. <laughs> I, t- I told him yeah I think they probably scheduled their homecoming around the Cowboys bye week so that Mike McCarthy could be there uh, as a dad I bet where he so. grew up in Pittsburgh and where the girls grew up in Wisconsin before coming down here that they're not used to moms that are the size of this shot logo here inside That's right. the studio That's the first thing he said well you know how <laughs> what homecoming is like in Texas. And yeah, I'm, I'm a homecoming dad. Uh, the other thing, I made him our unsung star of the week. Why is that? Because of uh, his call sheet and uh, the reviews that uh, uh, covering his lips as he called in the plays. I actually thought of it, and he talked about it in his press conference uh, yesterday, but about his mom mm-hmm. calling him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I thought about it during the game on Monday night. I'm sitting there on the close-up shots watching on television. He, It was almost as if he was making a conscious effort, okay? He would start the play call, and then during the play call, he would purposely lift the call sheet up. And so I asked him about that. And, yeah, it's very much on his mind. He said that his mother said that five people came up to her at church and said, Mike has got to do something about this call on the plays. He's got to lift that call sheet up. But now the font, he's got to deal with the font. The font size is too yes, big. Yes, it's too so. big, and people can right. read it. They'll, they'll be zooming in and, and uh, trying to. So, Nikki, to, he may yeah. have a game day role for you. You could be on the Cowboys sideline, and you're the, you could be the shield on the, on the call sheet. Yeah, but I'm too short. <laughs> Plus, I I need the thing at 16 point too. By the way, to be able to read it. Yeah. Boy, I, I tell you, what do people watch? You guys watch that? We're watching the game, and they show a close they show, up of it. They're showing it on TV. On yeah. TV. Oh, we and don't so, get that but, but right. person, we're, we're, right? Literally, where I stand behind him, oftentimes, yeah. usually the sideline reporter can get to about the 30-yard line. And uh, then, of course, if the plays are down, especially if the plays are in the red zone, then the coach is going to be kind of sneaking mm-hmm. down the sideline as much as possible while still staying in the coach's box, so to speak. But oftentimes, I'm close enough standing behind him that I can read the the, the sheet. Wow. Sure. Yeah, because it it's it some. some but it's not sheets. English. Well, you can. <laughs> yeah. You, you can know. see it. Train right, scout right. I mean, it's not that it's not that hard, you know. So <laughs> I don't want to give any route combos. Five twenty five. But you know. <laughs> but yeah, you can. Of course, you can read it. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But going back to Monday night, though, we were talking about how after those first two drives, you're thinking, oh, man, here we go. You know, the Chargers just marched right down and 
this looks like it might be Kellen Moore's night. But the way that the Cowboys uh, offense answered what would have been the third drive of the game overall, the Cowboys' second drive on offense, that's the one that resulted in the Dak Prescott 18-yard touchdown run. And that's when you're like, okay, game on. I mean, you could really – there are points – in the game on the sideline where you can feel things turn. And it's generally more second half or obviously if it's a catalytic play like a a takeaway or something like that, those things are very obvious. But there are also more subtle times where you can just kind of feel it, like the screws tightening down, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I really felt it. Um, at the end of that drive. And then when um, the Chargers go back out and the Cowboys defense gets the three and out, it's like, all right, here we go. This is going to be Cowboys night because after those first two, it's like, oh, gosh, this might be San Francisco all over again. Uh It it felt like it was going to be the Cowboys night, and then it wasn't until Tony Pollard broke free for a 60-yard run where it started feeling again. I thought it it really was. You felt like – it was one of those games where the Cowboys appeared to be the better team, but they couldn't get couldn't any put distance. him away. Uh, but but the way that they consistently harass Justin Herbert, to me, that's what mm-hmm. was really um, the, the difference in the game. Because Justin Herbert, I was so excited about going to the game because I love to watch. Like I love to watch Aaron Rodgers play. Non-Cowboy, he's my favorite player to watch. But Justin Herbert, and and we got to see him in uh, training camp last summer when the Cowboys practiced at Costa Mesa. And they've got so many weapons. You know, Keenan Allen, a lot bigger guy than he looks on TV. And, and I know Austin Eckler had been coming off the ankle injury, and I don't think he looked like the Austin Eckler that you normally see. But still, I was so excited about seeing this Chargers offense and Justin Herbert operate it. And yeah, I think that that left uh, finger injury um, affected things. The fact that he had to be in the shotgun the entire game, the fact that by the end of the first quarter, there were so many Cowboys fans making it so loud that the home team is operating on a silent count. How embarrassing for Mm -hmm. the Chargers. But um, the way that the, the Cowboys continually affect Herbert and made him look non-Justin Herbert. That I thought that was the storyline of the game because they were able to stop the run and put it all on the passing game and then able to get after him in the passing game and, you know, and with the pass rush. And along those lines, even on the two overthrows of Keenan Allen, okay, on the oh yeah, Bland, Bland got lucky, yeah, yeah, Bland got lucky on that, but but, but, but they even, were affected because Herbert was and, affected. And, and even if it, they weren't getting to him on those passes, he, in his mind, mm-hmm. he doesn't know but what Michael Parsons, Parsons is breathing down his neck here, mm-hmm. you know, and exactly so I think, right. So he's trying to get it out quicker than what he normally would. Well, they better thank thank the defense because the offense is still malfunctioning. I mean, you can talk about the game being turned around, but until the final play of the first half, it was 7-7. to They were not uh, performing offensively. They had a fourth and four uh, at the 18 and uh, ended up having to punt after a penalty, one of, what, 11? Those guys were flag happy, by the way. Yes, they were. Don't, yeah, Land Clark. Don't give me <laughs> that. Was re- Land he, he, Clark. We were joking yesterday on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I said that uh, Land Clark got more uh, shots in an NFL game than Taylor Swift at a, <laughs> at, a, at a Travis Kelsey. I mean, they were showing him the whole time. Golly. If he if he got paid by uh, announcement after a flag, he'd be a rich man after that game. But what yeah. do you guys see with the problems with the Cowboys' run game? Because that – it's still, still such a huge issue. 
the offensive line just not playing well. You know, we thought that getting all five guys back together again for the first time since the end of 2021, that that was going to solve all their problems. In the last two games, they haven't protected Dak very well, and they haven't run the ball uh, very well. I mean, five sacks, six quarterback hits, that's that's way too many from a defense that wasn't a team known for its defense. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what the deal is, you know, McCarthy talked about how they kind of switch things up. At yeah, the and Schottenheimer talked about the unscouted looks that they, right, they hadn't wound, seen before. Yeah, coming out of a bye, that's one thing that McCarthy was concerned about coming into the game, too, since yeah. the Chargers were coming out of the bye. Yeah, all that movement on the line, interior mm-hmm. of the line, the, the defensive line. Right. And, right. and mm-hmm. you know, other than uh, two guys, it's still somewhat of a young group. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there was the one play where I'm assuming um, Tyler Smith was supposed to pick up the guy coming from his right, but when he backed up, he was turned to his left, and the guy just ran right through. And, um, yeah, they they just had some blocking scheme problems, Uh, and it's got to improve because, uh, you know, a lot of what they did offensively, you know, you mentioned the play to Tony Pollard. Well, that wasn't the play. Dak, right. yeah. Dak scrambling. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the quarterback keeper for 18-yard touchdown wasn't designed to be a touchdown either. Uh, so a lot of what they accomplished offensively was, uh, you know, not not on that play script that, that you saw. You know, Dak was uh, it, having to um, improvise quite a bit in that game, and that's something that this offense has got to get going because it's still not functioning the way it needs to function until, what, two minutes and 19 seconds to go, they scored 17 points. Yeah, it's got to be better. On that 18-yard uh, touchdown run, of course, it's the one where he's uh, – fakes the handoff to Tony Pollard. Hey, Pollard, Pollard thought he had that. I mean, mm-hmm. he was clamped down on it and and Dak literally rested it away from the running back and you could see that that Dak kind of bobbled it a little bit as he was pulling the football away from uh Tony Pollard, but you know, it was it was so convincing, Pollard thought he had it, that that the defense <laughs> was crashing in on it and so that's that's why it was open for for Dak to to take it all the way in from 18 yards out but yeah you know see and it's like when I saw Dak pull the ball away I'm like oh oh, 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 oh," because you know Tony like I said he was already down on it 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 ended up being a great play and a really good decision by Dak Prescott but a little dangerous when he pulled it out the defensive end thought so too yeah he he crashed on it hit on on Pollard. Yeah, yeah, Pollard paid the price for Dak's touchdown and even after I, I I heard some of the highlights uh uh, Brad had to apologize because he had called. It. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Freaked Pollard wasn't the only one. Yeah. Three yards. I thought way. it too. Yeah. I was looking yeah. that way, and all of a sudden I heard the crowd, and I go, "Why are somebody cheering for a minus three run?" And then I looked, and he's scampering into the end zone. I think uh, uh, Dak saw what he saw on film from the San Francisco game, and he wasn't going to let the how much that they bite and how and, much yeah, they bite on that. There were opportunities in that game where he could have pulled it and run too, and he wasn't about to let that happen that opportunity slip away in this game and wound up in the end zone so speaking of deck how about this when we come back here on mix shots it's going to be interesting to hear mickey's reaction 
to one of the grades given to Dak Prescott for his performance on Monday night when we come back here on Mix Shots. Nothing to bark about when he gets an A. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite and the cool. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. Mickey, back in his old role <laughs> of reading the spots as Savannah Humoler not with us today. Christy Scales is here as we mix things up during this uh, bye week. And Christy, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Mickey in the past go off on some of these uh, grades that are given to players by a certain organization in the past. Uh, but he's going to love the fact that Dak Prescott was rated. He was actually tied with Matthew Stafford out of Highland Park High School with the highest grade of any quarterback in the league in week six, according to Pro Football Focus, Mickey. What is that? <laughs> Mickey's favorite. It doesn't. It doesn't show up on my laptop for some reason. Well, what do you think how, of that? How did hard, they get one right? How hard is this? <laughs> he finished with a quarterback rating of one hundred nine point three. You don't have to be an analytic genius to figure out that he played pretty darn well, right? 
And there were 30 teams that played. There were only two teams that had buys right. this week. And right. so, well, but it's interesting that he got an A, because if you read only a couple of columns of the stat line, one TD pass, well, okay, sacked five times, oh, he must have been horrible. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, and it's true, he was sacked five times, but it was really what he did with his legs, extending plays. We talked about running for the first touchdown of the game, but I, I think that was the difference is that of all the games, that just the six games we've had this year, and we got to see more of that part of the game that we saw early in his, of his game that we saw early in his career. And yeah, that, that's being, what made the difference. You're being too logical. <laughs> when they give those grades out, there's yeah. not, no logic or analyzation in it. It's all analytics. Like, what do the numbers say? Well, he completed uh, like 69% or 70% of his passes, and he had a season-high 272 yards. Uh, they don't factor that stuff in. Right? They don't put in that he's the leading rusher in the game for yeah. your team, um, which which you don't want. You don't you want your quarterback to be the leading rusher. Yards, right? Unless he's Lamar Jackson, I guess. <laughs> that, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, a little different. But scheme. even they don't want that. No. But we were talking about it yesterday. Okay, coming into the weekend, if you were to rank just based on uh, – not if you were to rank. We were talking from a national perspective. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, what order would they go in just going into the weekend? Shoot, after after seeing Brock Purdy from the sideline yeah. the previous week and what they yeah. did to the Cowboys, he looked like the second coming. All right. I mean, I had him <laughs> so as the MVP winner. After the Cowboy game, I had him as the MVP winner. It would have been one, might two, well give three. It to this guy. As I said yesterday, it would have been one, two, three, and ten. Uh-huh. With Dak at ten. But, but you know, yeah. check this out. But you come out of the weekend? And Purdy was very pedestrian-like with his right. numbers against the Browns. And Have to give it to P.J. with the Browns as now uh, the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Hurts threw three picks uh-huh. in his loss. And then Justin Herbert on the other side. We saw them matched up against each other, and it was obvious who won that quarterback battle. So when I was coming in, the fan was playing uh, – um, were they playing something? Oh, it would, they were playing Micah's podcast. Okay. And he was, Micah was on a rant about, so when these other three quarterbacks played so poorly in, in, their, in their losses, uh, how come the nation doesn't criticize them the way they criticize Dak when he has a bad game? And he just went on and on and on and on, right? And so it, it, for some reason, it, I, I had to look, and they only have six touchdown passes in six games. That's just not going to cut it, no. right? Mm-hmm. So something's got to improve greatly uh, with this offense. Um, I think the wide receivers uh, only have uh, three of those maybe. Well, CD, CD had his, and then Brandon Cooks. Has, yeah, I'm has saying one. for the six mm-hmm. for games, the seasons, yeah. for the season, mm-hmm. and then the tight ends have two, and uh, I guess they had they had uh, maybe four. It was, but anyway, uh, six and six games. And when I hear all these people talking about Dak, they seem to forget that very recently in 2021, he had 40 touchdown. Mm-hmm. passes and 11 interceptions so it's like that was his last full season last year playing 
what, 12 games? 11 and a half, really. 12 games, he had 23 touchdown passes, and we know about the interceptions. But in 2021, he showed he's capable of doing this, right? 40 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions. He was awfully, awfully good. And I think people forget that, that, okay, he's got all this stuff to prove. Well, the team has all this stuff to prove, too, by the way. Um, you know, he wasn't responsible for giving up, what, 23 points in that playoff loss to San Francisco after that season. Um, and, you know, he had the team on the move until they couldn't get the clock stopped in time. Uh, so anyway, they, they forget that good stuff, and they, they hang on last year's 15 interceptions, which half of those were not his fault. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and I think that's just it's a national deal right now. Pick on Dak Prescott, but Micah doesn't understand it's the Cowboys, and this is the way it's always been, uh, win or lose. It, they're always most prominent in other people's analyzation. What do you see as the biggest issue with just the six touchdown passes? We've talked about how the run game needs to improve. Have we uh, had enough of the through six games uh, to get a good feel for what McCarthy's trying to do? Well, I think the the, the, the biggest problem was how they won uh, the first what yeah, three the blowout games. wins yeah, yeah, yeah. blowout to, wins have, it's skewed individually it's skewed. I mean they were mm -hmm. so far ahead of the Giants they're not throwing and, the ball and yeah. then it was raining and there was no sense taking chances there was no sense after they got ahead of the Jets taking chances Arizona they were missing three offensive linemen right uh, that one um, New England they got up so much on them uh, so yeah so you got three of the games there were blowout wins. That you're not going to get, and, and the defense was scoring touchdowns as well, and that's how you were getting ahead in those games, and so. Um, and then you had a blowout loss. So mm -hmm. you're, you're and only, now you're taking chances that you right. probably normally right. wouldn't take, and he gets intercepted. And that's yeah. the three picks. Right. Yeah, but do work. you do you guys have confidence moving forward that we'll see some of that uh, production that we saw I earlier? I have not from... seen it yet. That the way it needs to be now, um, you know maybe. Uh, this offensive line gets together and gets a little bit of continuity. Uh, maybe they can get going. But and you've seen that in years past with offensive line, where you get your five guys in there. McCarthy talks about September football, and that's one yeah. of the products I think of September football. It takes time, without any preseason games, for an offensive line to come together. Well. Okay, let's just – if you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, they've got all five guys together now for two weeks. Now you got to buy a week. Now let's see what happens. And they buy next week in the Eagles game. They should be – Right, like have some there, there continuity. No, there are no excuses. And not yeah. have – because you know. there was a lot of, I think, assignment errors that they didn't adjust to as well as they needed to. You know, uh, and in that vein, mentioned you say going forward – uh, I thought Dan Quinn made a really good um, assessment yesterday when he did his uh, media uh, availability. Uh, he said, "He said, you know, all, all we did last week was look back." And he goes, "And my message to them by the time we got to the game was, we're looking forward." And he had a really good analogy. He said, "When Usain Bolt is running his hundred meter dash." He's not looking to the side, and he's not looking back. He's looking forward, right? And he goes, and that's what we need to do. And you know what it reminded me of? 
1988 Olympics in Seoul. Uh, I'm sitting in the stands watching the 100-meter final, and it was going to be Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson, right, head-to-head. And they were about halfway through the 100, and Carl Lewis does this. He looks sideways to his left. And they got to about 70 meters. He looks sideways again, and he sees Ben Johnson in front of him. And he looks sideways a third time, right? And Ben Johnson just smokes him for to, to win the 100 until they had to do the pee test. <laughs> and then strip the medal <laughs> from Ben Johnson. And then they stripped the medal from Ben Johnson, and Carl Lewis was the winner. But it just dawned on, and, and I, I can see it vividly, that, you know, when you run a dash, you're not looking to see where your guys are. You're looking straight ahead, right? And I can remember Little League playing baseball and, like, running to first base, and it's like, don't be looking where the ball is. Run, right? Because that's <laughs> yeah. going to slow you down. Yeah. Put blinders on. That's right. And so I thought Quinn's words yesterday and what he told his defense uh, made a lot of sense. You know, you can sit there and linger on giving up 42 points, but you don't want it to bleed into the next game. And they did a much better job against, you know, the quarterback that had the third best quarterback rating in the league going into that game. And I think that the blinders and looking forward not to the side is something that players and coaches are, are used to. They really are. It's the fans and the media. We're the ones looking around. and so We're looking backwards. We're looking backwards. <laughs> but, but also, just in regards to what we were talking about earlier, Cleveland with the surprise win over the Eagles, and then San Francisco looking terrible. And Brock Purdy, their entire offense, guys injured, uh, losing it at Cleveland. Mm. And so, you know, the, the Cowboys can't control that. They have to stay focused. But the one thing that was interesting last week or, uh, following the, the San Francisco game, and it, it's because it, there was a Monday night game at the Chargers, but using that Wednesday to – Look back, make the make more corrections against the 49ers. That was really different. I don't ever recall that with some other, or at least they didn't talk about it. If other staffs did that, because mm-hmm. generally it is that 24-hour rule. You put it to bed by Monday afternoon. What happened Sunday, and then start moving forward and working on the next opponent. And yet it was really more of a 72-hour rule, just in terms of how they approach the week going into the Chargers, because they really they didn't have a game plan installation until Thursday on the practice field. Right. So I, I thought that was. Really really interesting and unique. And yet, okay, so they looked back on Wednesday because they had the extra day, the Monday mm-hmm. night game. Yeah, they wouldn't have done it and if it weren't a Monday. Apparently, whoever mm-hmm. talked in the chapel uh, really, yes. They, yes. really resonated mm-hmm. uh, with the team. That yeah. About, the, the, that was the message looking forward. Mm-hmm. And so, they took it. They took it to heart. Yep. Yeah. Took care of business on Monday night. All right. We look forward when we come back here on Mix Shots in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgate's going way past postgame. 
Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back, back to mixed shots. The 2024 PBR World Finals are taking over at AT&T Stadium on May 18th and 19th. Don't miss your chance to see the biggest and best bull riding action as the world's best riders fight for the coveted gold buckle. It all comes down to this. Two-day ticket packages are now on sale. Now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. So it's May 18th? May 18th. That 19th. shows you how big of, a, of an event that, that is. That just struck me. It's What's October the date today? 18th, maybe? October 18th. Oh, yeah, because this is the finals. This isn't This is it. This, this isn't just one of the things, you know, like in the past, the PBR would be there at AT&T Stadium for Dirt Month, right? After mm-hmm. motocross and okay. after monster trucks and all that. That's it. But this is the final. So getting, having our North Texas region, having AT&T Stadium rust this away from Vegas, you know, a few years when, back, it's a, it's a big dang deal. you're it's selling a big tickets dang deal. seven months in advance. Because it's the championship. Yeah. The baseball the season's still going on and they'll be in the second month of the season but by may 18th that's great may 18th may 18th. at&t stadium all right um oh, this is cowboys players obsolete. are off until monday yeah but there's some here today well i mean mm-hmm. they don't have to be here until monday i think it's right? a young guys need to be here. Oh, okay and all there right. may be some workouts going on too what does uh, what does mickey think of Given the team the full week off. Well, they have to give them four days. You got four days for so, sure. So, you know, by the time you got back, you already forfeited Tuesday. So what are you going to do today? You know, it's almost cliche. That it's like, what are you going to get done during the bye? That every team always said, oh, the bye comes at a good time. Yeah. I did the math on it, and it's been 13 weeks now since the team landed in Oxnard, California, for the start of training camp. So it's uh, always a good time. So that's that's a quarter of a year that we've been at it right wow. now. Yeah, so 13, feels good for us weeks. to have it. You know, the the one thing though is the league with the scheduling. 
cost the Cowboys a day and a half of bye week because it's a Monday night. It was a Monday night game instead of a Sunday, and it being a night game and flying back, we actually landed fairly early, about three twenty in the morning. Three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. <laughs> Mick and I were next to each other on the plane, so we were five minutes early. We we're supposed to get in at at three thirty, but but when you. And we've had three of these overnight away games. And so that costs you half a day because instead of coming in the next morning and being done by the early afternoon, now you're coming in early afternoon and you're done late afternoon. So basically the scheduling costs the guys a day and a half of uh, their off week. And you know McCarthy would have probably you know given it to them and not have them come in for a day of practice this week. So I think the loop the league really did a job on us this year. Because if it was a home game, they would have come in on Monday, done mm-hmm. their normal Monday schedule of lifting and a jog through, and then you would have Tuesday off. Yeah, well, even if it were in a away game, if it on yeah, a Sunday. You a know? normal away yeah, game. Yeah, normal away, away game. But the good news is, at least with some of these uh, evening games that are coming up through the remainder of the season, at least they're at home. So that that uh, you know that's some wear and tear when you have all of these in so many uh, – such a condensed amount of, amount of time I mean, that we've had early in the season. McCarthy talked about it. They, he looks at it this year, just the way the schedule falls with the bye week and then the back-to-back Thursday games, Thanksgiving and the, and the last game in November, uh, November 30th. Uh, you're looking at when they come back, they get six games in the span of 33 days. Yeah. I mean, but the, the good news is, you know, at least you have that one uh, stretch where it's the three home games. That's really unusual to have uh, three in a row at home, and part of that's that condensed time with the um, Thursdays. But um, is the Philly game a night game? Not Sunday night game at Philly. That will so be the right day after at- the day after the Rangers beat the Phillies in the Game Seven of the World Series. <laughs> in we just Arlington. got it, so we can. It's so we going to be in Arlington, Arlington, so it's we yeah, don't get Rangers, to celebrate. Rangers have home field advantage if they yes. make it to the World Series, if, whether they play Arizona or Philadelphia, and the Phillies are up two nothing in their series now. So if it um, if it comes down to Rangers Phillies. If it, if it now the Rangers win every postseason game, so it's not going to get not going to get to seven, yeah. right? So, but uh, that means the Rangers would win in Philadelphia uh, the World Series. But anyway, so game M- six and, M- and Mickey seven. and I will cr- climb the street lamps in Philadelphia so, since the yeah, Phillies fans won't be doing right, it. Right, right. So, but game six and seven would be here on Friday mm-hmm. night and Saturday night, November 3rd and 4th, and the Cowboys play at Philadelphia. Yeah, so we, we'll be night, watching November. from yeah. the team hotel in Philadelphia. That's right. That's right. <laughs> watching yeah, them in Arlington. Seven, I'll be walking around that? like I did Sunday night with my phone in my hand watching yeah, baseball. Yeah, we're climbing the street lamps. Yep. They're uh, going to have to grease the the street crews are going to have to street the, uh, grease the street lamps like they do. When, I, I did ask uh, Mike McCarthy how big of a baseball fan he has been in his life, and he said, well, not recently, but... But uh, once upon a time in my other life, mm-hmm. before I got into this, I was a big baseball fan. But he said that they did watch the Rangers-Astros mm-hmm. um, at the team hotel on Sunday night. So, And I would think Dak's going to be out there watching some baseball. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Tonight? I, I wouldn't be surprised. If they'll, they'll probably get a sweep, don't you think? That, Dak, Dak is a big supporter of all the local teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, But you come back. Are you going to be there? I am going to be there. Yep. That's right. Do you need somebody, as people ask me, do you yeah, somebody you carry your bag? <laughs> uh, but when they come back, okay, you got the Rams on October 29th, okay, and A then strange November 5th noon game. At, yeah, it is. 
Then November, which, by the way, that would be, uh, I'm doing the math on it, Games one and two of the World Series would be Friday, Saturday. Boy, you're w- w- looking way ahead. You're following the chapel. And that would be the 27th and 28th is games one and two. And so I'm, I was trying to figure out if the Rangers and Cowboys would be playing on the same day in Arlington. But I don't believe there's a baseball game scheduled for that Sunday, the 29th. Okay, so the Rams at noon. And then uh, Philadelphia. Then you got the Giants. Here, here, at Carolina, and then you close out November Thanksgiving with Thanksgiving Day Washington, Thanksgiving Day Seattle. That ends the next trimester. Okay, Dolly. Then Parton. you come back with uh, on December tenth. You get the mini buy there, and then the the we've talked about this, but when the schedule came out. But just to review, yes, the last quote unquote trimester of this season for the Cowboys. Now that we know what these teams have done here the first six games, first six weeks. Philadelphia at home, December 10th. At Buffalo, December 17th. At Miami, Christmas Eve. Then home to play Detroit on December 30th and then close at Washington. Those four straight games, Philadelphia at Buffalo, at Miami, and Detroit. How about that? Better better, better take care of business. Stocking some wins. Which, I don't know if I've got the Eagles schedule in front of me here. I can pull yeah, it Here up. it is. I, I do it. have it. Okay. Now, the Eagles have this stretch coming up where, okay, they got Miami Sunday night. Then they, they play at Washington, and they always have problems with Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a 34-31 overtime win, their first meeting. And this one's at Washington. Then they play Dallas, and they get the bye. Then they get Monday night, November 20th, at Kansas City. Oh, Sunday, November 26th, Buffalo. Oh. Sunday, December 3rd, San Francisco. Ouch. Sunday, December 10th, at Dallas. So they got a four-game stretch there of Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas. So we get them after San Francisco. So Wow. Yeah. After they play San Francisco. Yeah. And, of wow. course, nobody wins the week after they play San Francisco, right? <laughs> Doesn't look like nobody wins after the week they play the Cowboys. Exactly, man. Well, but here's the thing. You can't – it's just like we were talking about with Cleveland taking care of business uh, on the – you just – I know we all do it, but – Remember, you got to keep keep looking forward. Don't be Carl Lewis, Bill. Don't uh-huh. be Carl Lewis. Keep well, looking forward. The day after the San Francisco game, and I know since you're caught doing the games, you you are aware of this going into the San Francisco game. But the day after the San Francisco game, I'm sitting there looking at the 49ers roster, going, they haven't lost a single player to injury this season. They went through the first five yeah. games of the season, and there were only five players who were on either pup or injured on the injured list. Three of them were rookies, and two of them were second-year players yeah. who were not primary backups. Ayuk yeah. had missed one game, and that was it. And then they had a cornerback that had missed a game, and that was it. Everything else was the right. same. They had had all their so – the, the main thing is their starting offensive line. So then, right? w- then, then what, they got Then hurt. what happened at Cleveland? Yeah. Debo goes out right. early in that game. McCaffrey goes out. Trent Williams went out for a little bit and then came he, back. He returned, right? Yes, yeah, he, okay. he came okay. back, but he was playing on one leg. Did he, it did makes he get, a difference. Did who, he get hurt playing? inciting a fight before the game again? <laughs> well, he was. He, so, well, what's so funny is when I'm reading this about the uh, pregame 
scuffle. scuffle before the, the game at Cleveland. They're saying, and Trent Williams stepped in as peacemaker. I'm no, like, uh, I don't think no. so. <laughs> he may have. He may have at the end. He but, was instigator oh my with Debo. Oh, man. That, uh, They're going to so, have to so, start doing so, something about no, that. No, really. And something has to be done because what happened before the game with the Chargers – and, and a lot of it is logistics. And I know that not every stadium has multiple tunnels, you know, for entry points or, or it's not like AT&T Stadium where they come behind the bench, you know, the 50-yard line and each can come in from their respective sides. But you're asking for trouble when you have one team cross through the other team to get to their side of the field for pregame. Okay, so there are some logistical things or some timing things that can be done because fines and I imagine that there will be some fines this week for all that that happened, not just with Cowboys Chargers or with Cleveland and San Francisco. It's not really a deterrent when it's a heat of the moment kind of thing. You know, it's punitive, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's preventive because, um, you know, they're just reacting in the, the heat of the moment. Boys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I say, too much testosterone and too much of a confined space <laughs> is what happened between the 40 and the 50-yard line right in front of the Cowboys bench when the Cowboys defensive line ran past and through the Chargers defensive back um pregame drill uh, drill i yeah. told you how to fix that just let them warm up on the other side of the field but they they then the then the other team's crossing through so no, that's they, the point is you no, have to be on the they other side came, they would have came around the back of the end zone and came down their sideline they don't need to so, instead so of the chargers were picking instead it. of halving the field from the 50 you should half it down the middle this is your side, and this is the Cowboys' side. So we got the side. Crips and the Bloods. That's we've, right. We've got the Jets and, and the— there's no crisscrossing <laughs> of, of young men that, that's, all jacked up to play. That's what, that's what I put in my—I uh, uh, do contribute to uh, Sports Day Online, DallasMorningNews.com, uh, and I said, we had the Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams, and we had the streams cross uh-huh. in pregame, and you just can't bad run, things happen you can't when the streams cross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you just know, no, no, no nine routes. It's everything across the middle, you know. <laughs> run your stuff right down you know, the sideline. I don't know how Mickey's going to figure that one out. <laughs> you just run the nine route from the exactly. 20 to the next straight 20, down. straight down straight the sideline. Straight down line. the sideline. <laughs> well, it's 12.45. Looks like that shot clock got us again. No. Yeah. We were just getting going. Do you think all the assistant coaches are done talking by now? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they moved it up a half hour, didn't they? I know, they yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, that was good. We got Helped a little extra. Helped us at least got us a half hour. And, the, and then yeah. on Monday with uh, Mick Shots, hopefully I get to come back and see you guys on yes. Monday. And, um, you know, they'll be having their across-the-hall across the hall. meetings. And yep. so uh, that's going to be uh, interesting and fun to talk about. So. A little Except bit of we won't know about what happened, though. Well, no, but, you know, it is something interesting. I, I, there are some things that this staff does that are different from previous staffs. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, the way that Coach handles the young coaches on the staff and all of these extra young guys' meetings and things like, like that. So there's. I think it's going to be interesting, not only here, but around the league, the adjustments. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, 
the adjustments now that offenses make, because if you look at the scores of games this past week, there were 25 of the 30 teams in the league scored 21 or fewer points this week. And, it, it was and, remarkable how low-scoring the games were. Yeah, and, and you look at the amount of offensive linemen that are injured, mm-hmm. and that, uh, and that has a lot to do with it. That's because <laughs> no one's got enough backups to be able to sustain the injuries. There aren't even enough good ones to, to fill start. the starting roles. No, you're, you're right about <laughs> that. That's right. All right. uh, Thanks to Christy for joining us today. Let's do it again on Monday at high noon. Go Cowboys. (laughs) This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?